Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, part two of my conversation with Jonathan Kahn, author of The Paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times. So Elijah sends a young prophet to go to a military camp and to with a message for one of those people. The man's name is Jehu. Jehu is going to be the mystery of Donald Trump. Donald Trump is going to follow the paradigm of Jehu. And so he goes to the camp, and he says, i got a message for you, Commander. He says, which one, says Jehu, is for you? And says to him, thus says the Lord God of Israel. He's anointed you to become king of Israel. You're going to, you're going to end the house of Ahab. Well, who was Jehu? Jehu was not a politician. Donald Trump is not a politician. Jehu was a warrior. He was a fighter. Donald Trump is a fighter. He fights with everybody. This podcast is brought to you by Paranormal Contractors, a division of crime and trauma scene cleaners. If you suspect you may have unwanted paranormal activity in your home or business, you need to call Paranormal Contractors, 1-866-724-0800, 866-724-0800. Check out their YouTube channel, Paranormal Contractors, for things that go bump in the night. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Hey, welcome to your Wednesday. Rabbi Jonathan Kahn is here with part two of our conversation. Now, if you haven't listened to part one, check out episode 140. Do that first and then come back and listen to part two so you can better follow along. Is it possible that there is a mystery Is it possible there is an ancient mystery lying behind current events, the rise and fall of leaders and governments, and global happenings? Jonathan Kahn is a Messianic rabbi and biblical scholar, best known for his best-selling novel, The Harbinger, in which he compares the United States and the September 11th attacks to ancient Israel and the destruction of the Kingdom of Israel. He's also the author of The Paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times. Let's talk about when King Ahab's reign comes to an end. I sort of hinted at this earlier, that Queen Jezebel, you know, doesn't just sort of, you know, get shuffled off to the sidelines and take on some honorary title. She's bound and determined to continue to, to, uh, to have influence and power after King Ahab is killed. Yeah, a lot of people think that, you know, the, the idea that most people have is that, you know, well, Ahab, Ahab ends and Jezebel ends. But that's not what happened at all. Ahab ends, and I said, Jezebel goes on, and she goes on on the political stage. She goes on in the halls of power. And so what that means, I mean, you know, I, I know your people are sharp and you're putting, they're already putting this together, that what it means is so that at the end, the Clinton years will end, the, the, the reign or the time of Bill Clinton ends on the national stage, but... For the first time in history, in American history, the first lady goes on on the political stage, well, and so she does. Hillary Clinton becomes a senator in New York. Um, she, uh, Jezebel would dwell in the halls of power, so, so does Hillary Clinton. She'll dwell in the capital city, so Hillary Clinton will dwell in Washington, D.C. 
She'll not be the, she's not the queen anymore. She's not the first, she's the former first lady. I'm talking about Jezebel. She's the former first lady. And so she still has, she exerts influence behind the scenes. On, and, and she's going to do it behind the throne. And that's exactly what Hillary Clinton will do. And as you kind of alluded to, she still has an agenda. She, you know, she, it just says Jezebel never changed. And we know this from, from what's alluded to in the Bible later on and that she's still a strong influence on the government is that so did Hillary Clinton. She never changed at all. She still, has an agenda, and you know, in fact, when she's a, a as a senator, she's one of the few senators who actually stands up to 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 defend partial birth abortion on her own, you know, as, as a solo career. So she does this, and then of course, then but something else happens. She in 2008, she seeks to become the leader of the land, but according to the paradigm, she does not become the leader of the land. At least during this time, she will not. It will go to a younger man. And so this introduces the next kind of mystery of the paradigm, and he is a chapter in the book is called the heir, and and this is going to be the mystery of Barack Obama, and Barack Obama is going to follow the paradigm of the king known as Joram. Now Joram is he's called the heir because he's going to follow he's the heir to Ahab. He's going to follow the basically the policies of Ahab. He's going to he's not going to be the pioneer. You know, Ahab was the pioneer. He's he's the first king to do all these things, and Clinton was the first president to to open the door for all these things. But but here Joram is going to follow the ways overall of Ahab, and his and so. We have Barack Obama. Barack Obama is going to follow the, in the overall the policies of the Clinton years. I mean, and you even alluded to one. You had Hillary Care. Well, it becomes Obamacare uh, about abortion. Everything is followed through by Obama. And it's interesting because I didn't even get into this. If you look in the paradigm, it actually reveals personalities. Because if you look at Ahab's personality, he's emotional. He's wavering. Goes back and forth. He's he's kind of weak-willed in different ways. Back and well, that's Bill Clinton. Back and forth and all over the place. But if you look at uh, Jezebel, different personality, she is a, a harder personality. She can be vindictive. She can be she can be like iron. Well, how do people view Hillary Clinton? Same way, and they didn't trust Jezebel in the same way has been largely the case with with Hillary Clinton. Um, and so you got this, you got that. But then when you look at Joram, Joram's personality is a cooler temperament, meaning it's not you know back and forth all over the place. Can't picture, you know, Ahab repented, but then he turns back and forth. He persecutes Elijah. Well, with Joram, you can't picture that. Joram is a cool, and so Barack Obama has this different personality, more reserved. But if you look at the you look at the account about Joram, you'll see that there's a hostility, and and there's a there's a there's a there's a view of God that's basically hostile. He almost Joram views him almost as an enemy, and views the people of God with hostility. And, and so the ways of Barack Obama will be, and this again not about motive, but the ways will be. He will endorse policies that will continually be hostile to God's people, to God's ways. He's the one who says America's not a Christian nation anymore. He's the one who says you know they cling to their guns and religion, and he's the one who continually votes down anything that has to do with religious freedom continuously. He, he, he quotes the Declaration of Independence and omits God. So you have a, a pattern there again and again, but that's not all. When you look at the reign of Joram, he's not alone. and he, he, he reigns on the throne, but there's somebody with him who is the former first lady who is Jezebel. Well, what, what happens when Obama gets into the White House? Unprecedented. Never happened in American history. He brings in the former first lady Hillary Clinton, and she becomes like an advisor on the throne or by the throne, same way just as Obama did. So they follow really everything here. Interesting. Now, but in modern times, of course, um, 
Obama didn't follow Clinton in the presidency. We had George W. Bush was president. That's right. Number 40. That is right. 43. That so, is right. Absolutely. Does that not throw sort of a... No, sort of no. Into I'll the... tell you why. This, 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 I mean, actually, it's a very consistent thing. It happens with the, with the Harbinger as well. If you notice with the Harbinger... Everyone, everyone um, who actually—I mean, those who don't know it—it's this, this ancient re, the replaying of the days, the, the warnings of judgment. And you find American leaders actually pronouncing judgment on America, and they're actually quoting the ancient scriptures of judgment that the ancient leaders of Israel did. But the, the, the interesting thing is, virtually every one of them is either is democratic. I mean, and, and it's not a matter. Listen, it's not a matter of politics. Not a matter. It doesn't matter which party. But but the Democratic Party has 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 initiated many things now that are very clearly against the Bible. Well, that is what you see with a. It doesn't. Make, you don't. You won't see many Republicans in the Harbinger. It's not a choice. It's it's simply these are the ones who end up reliving it. Well, the paradigm is the paradigm of apostasy. So it focuses. On the leaders of apostasy who, or who help, who who are a catalyst, who fulfill this paradigm of leading the nation away. Well, that is the case with the Clintons. That's the case with, with Barack Obama. It was not the case with George Bush. He sought to, whatever one thinks about anybody, he sought to slow this down. He, you know, in, in every way. However, even this is part of it because there is another son who's on the throne and who before Joram, and that and that is his name is Isaiah, and so. So, so you have George Bush is actually a placeholder because it it makes everything else fall into place. For instance, Joram was the third king of the paradigm, or the second king after Ahab, and so is so is Obama. And and you have you actually have the entire timing, and, and something else I'll share with you, which is what happens to the nemesis. It only could happen if there was another king in that place, or another president in that place. Right. But. But George Bush was not one who, who furthered the apostasy. So the focus will be on those. That's interesting. I think a lot of us conservatives would consider uh, George the 43rd to be a placeholder. <laughs> well, I understand. I understand. But, 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 well, let me give you an example here. And this is what, this will lead to the next thing. Because, you know, we talked about in the first hour, we, talk, we mentioned the nemesis, the one who rises up to, to you know, bring destruction on the land. And that, that the ancient nemesis, and that is Osama bin Laden, bin Laden who will follow the paradigm of the ancient one, Ben Haddad. Well, that's not the end of the story. The end of the, the, the end of the story is going to come during this time. And if it wasn't for the Bush presidency, it would not fall exactly the way it should. So, so here's what happens. The, the you know you have this manhunt after 9/11, the greatest manhunt in history, and and yet you know it went dead. The the, the trail went cold. Yes. Nobody knew what happened, and and yet the paradigm spelled it all out before it happened. The paradigm gives says first of all. That the nemesis, in this case Bin Laden, is going to be assassinated, just as the ancient one was, and it actually is going to—it's going to give the way that it's going to happen. The ancient nemesis, Bin Laden or Ben, ben Haddad, sorry, is is lying in his bed when the assassination begins. Well, well, Osama Bin Laden will be lying in his bed when his assassination, when the Navy SEALs begin to come down on the compound. And who killed Bin Haddad? Was it was it forces from the Northern Kingdom? It, interesting. It, the, the way it was it was a man named Hazael, and because we know his name, we well. Let me, let me throw this in. Well, 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 but actually, but even before that, there's something I I I think you may be linking, and that is that the the 
the death of Bin Laden or Bin Haddad will will come ultimately will be will originate in the Northern Kingdom because it will be the Prophet Elisha who will actually initiate it. So it will be initiated in the Northern Kingdom. So so with Bin Laden, you could say with America, but it involves other things. The interesting thing is that that what happens also is in the paradigm the ancient enemy Bin Haddad. He cannot leave his quarters. He, so, just like Bin Laden couldn't leave, so he uses a courier to transmit message, messages and other things. So that's exactly what Bin Laden did. He used a courier, and through the courier, uh, the ancient courier, that the, the the enemy is going to be killed because of the courier. Well, in the modern case, they they couldn't find Bin Laden for years, but finally they found his courier. And by finding his courier and, and, and following him back, the courier led them to the compound. So even that comes into play. And, and then there's much more. But what happens also is that at the time of the assassination, the, you know, what happens is that the assassin comes into the bedroom and executes the enemy in the bedroom. Well, so Bin Laden will be executed in his bedroom. When the ancient nemesis was assassinated, it was in the reign of Joram, which corresponds with Obama. So that's why it happened. Obama was in power. It happened when 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 Joram and Jezebel were were in the palace, and so therefore we also have a famous picture when when Milan was assassinated. It was Obama and Hillary Clinton were there in the White House. And but it says this according to the paradigm when uh, the 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 nemesis will bring destruction on the land the calamity and we already saw how the paradigm gave the exact or day and hour of it that's nine eleven so that's two thousand one and according to the paradigm then ten years later in the tenth year after the calamity the nemesis will be assassinated so two thousand one at ten years. In the paradigm, it takes you to the year 2011. 2011 is the year Bin Laden is assassinated. That was in May of that year, I yes. believe. All right, fascinating. Now, back to King Joram. Yes. Uh, the, the, the timing, we, we, earlier yep. we talked about how long King Ahab reigned yep. and how long Bill Clinton was in, in yep. politics. What about with King Joram and his prototype or anti-type, I suppose, President yep. Obama? Yeah. Well, how long was Obama on the nat- on the world stage or the national stage? Well, we know it's very exact because he had a very dramatic um, uh, launch into the national stage. Nobody knew about him, you know, before you know. Uh, even in Chicago, most people didn't know about him up until the time when he gave he was invited to give the keynote speech at the Democratic convention, and he did. And all overnight, he was lifted up to national uh, acclaim, and they said he's going to become the president. And very shortly, you know, after that, like like two years later, he's running for president. And then he becomes president. So it's, it's a very clear marker. It's, it's 2004. The, when he gave that speech, Democratic Convention, it was the summer of 2004. And so what happens now? Well, how long was he on the stage? His last year as president was 2016. So 2004, 2016, you end up with 12 years. And actually, actually Obama, when he spoke at the last convention nominating Hillary Clinton, the first words out of his mouth of his speech were, were this, was 12 years ago tonight. It was actually on the exact 12-year mark. Right. And so 12 years, Barack Obama. Open up the Bible, and you open up to the book of Second Kings. And Second Kings says this of Obama's prototype. 
Joram reigned in Samaria for a period of 12 years. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? 12 years. Again. And, and the other thing is, you know, nobody could put this together. I mean, because, you know, you look at back then, you know, kings weren't elected. They were, they got into power when the king before them died, and they were, they finished when they died, you know. So it had nothing to do with the dynamics of a modern president with all the, you put, look at all the ins and outs and all the, all the twists and turns of politics, and yet it ends up with Clinton, and with a lot of twists and turns, ends up with Obama. It, it follows, it conforms to the, to the ancient paradigm. Or you could say the ancient paradigm here is determining where, what exactly they will be. So yes, again, an exact, an exact match. Uh, I, I want to talk about um, the, the chapter the warrior because that, that sort of speeds yes. things along. Yes. But yes. The, the, the paradigm reveals the rise of this figure called the warrior. Who is he? Yeah. Well, well, the, well. The setting is that the the nation comes to a, a critical uh, juncture. Where, where basically, if the House of Ahab continues in power, it's going to wipe out religious faith. It's going to wipe out the the people of God. It's going to seal the nation's apostasy. It's going to be over if they continue in power. The, the heirs of Ahab. Um, so you got so with America, and really, you know, and, and whatever happens in America affects everything else, of course. So with America, you also have this critical juncture. You have this election where you, we, where if we had gone the other way with with the Democratic platform, we would have sealed the Supreme Court for a generation or more. We would have sealed the, the religious liberty. We would have sealed all of this. In fact, it was the most brazen uh, campaign in, or actually platform in the history of the Democratic Party. It was the first time ever in their history they didn't just they didn't just allude to abortion with with euphemisms. They they celebrated it. I mean, they 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 vowed they're going to strike down the the Hyde Amendment if they win, which means that everyone in America is Christians are going to be literally directly funding the killing of the unborn. I mean, that's how radical this was. And and not only that, that's this is the election where Hillary Clinton made that famous statement. It was her first speech as uh, in running for president when she said deep-seated religious beliefs have to be changed. Why? So that abortion can expand. Now, I cannot think of a more Jezebelian statement than that. And that was Jezebel saying that we have to overturn the religious beliefs of Israel so that child sacrifice can expand. So that was the stake. So then comes a surprise in the paradigm. And that is exactly what you alluded to. The chapter is called The Warrior. And that is a man that, that actually Elijah was supposed to anoint this guy. He, we don't know if he did. So Elijah sends a young prophet to go to a military camp and to the message for one of those people. The man's name is Jehu. Jehu is going to be the mystery of Donald Trump. Donald Trump is going to follow the paradigm of Jehu. And so he goes to the camp, and he says, i got a message for you, Commander. He says, which one, says Jehu, is for you? So he takes the, he takes the Commander Jehu, takes him aside, uh, and says to him, the, thus says the Lord God of Israel, he's anointed you to become king of Israel. You're going you're gonna to end the house of Ahab. So he, he anoints him, and then he runs, he, he, he takes off, and he gets out of there. Well, who was Jehu? Jehu was not a politician. He was, and, and so Donald Trump is not a politician. He, Jehu was a warrior. He was a fighter. Donald Trump is a fighter. He fights with everybody. In fact, in fact, you know, I, I'm convinced that somewhere in the Hebrew, ancient Hebrew, it says that you find it says Jehu had a Twitter account at night, and so you know some of you. But this is exactly <laughs> it. He fights with everybody. Jehu is not a gentleman. He is a rough man. Donald Trump is a rough man. Uh, at times, it will seem as if Jehu is out of control. 
He's impulsive. Well, Donald Trump will seem like he's out of control, impulsive. And, and also, he'll come suddenly on the scene. Jehu will, uh, will, will shake the status quo, the political realm, totally shake it. So will Donald Trump. So Donald Trump is going to follow this this thing and the, the entire thing. And so what happens, he's going to oppose the House of Ahab. Well, that's going to translate to the House of Clinton. Uh, and so what happens here now? The, the, the amazing thing is that you actually read something. Some people who are listening may remember from their Sunday school or from church, but it's an amazing thing. What happens is when Jehu is anointed, he begins a race to the throne, a literal race, a campaign, a race to the throne. He gets on his chariot, and he, he begins a race, and, it, and his, his key strategy is speed, to catch his enemies, his opponents off guard. So he begins a race in the chariot. The, the watchman in the city of Jezreel sees him coming, doesn't know it's him, and says, well, we don't know who's coming, but the driving is like that of Jehu, for he driveth furiously. Well, how did Donald Trump lead that campaign? Furious. He was a wrecking ball. Wrecking ball, absolutely. And that's exactly what Jehu was, too. Jay, think about it. Jehu was a wrecking ball. He is, he is, he is literally destroying, he's, he's tearing down what was there. And, and another word in the Hebrew, how he, is, is that he drives crazy, or, or some of your Bibles will say, he drives like a madman. So you, you, I could not think of a better description of the race of Donald Trump. It made no sense, and yet he drove like a madman, and yet he would end up getting to where he had, getting to the throne. So what happens is, there's a showdown in the paradigm. The, now, now listen to this, the, the showdown is between the warrior on one side, and that's, that's Jehu, that's Trump, and on the other side, who is it? It's the former first lady, Queen Jezebel. Jezebel. The she's queen. still hanging around. Hanging around, still hanging around, and she's, and, and, and she's like the last pillar, because if she remains in power, then the House of Ahab is going to remain in power. And so with Hillary Clinton, same thing. And so it comes down in the end to the warrior and the queen. And so, you know, you remember, of course, Richard, I mean, we all remember, all the polls were saying that, you know, that, that the Democrats are going to trounce, not only are they going to win, Hillary Clinton's going to win, she's going to trounce Donald Trump. She's going to be, it's going to be, all the major polls were saying it's over, it's over. But the paradigm said the opposite. The ancient paradigm says this. When the warrior comes head-to-head -head with a former first lady, or were Jehu versus Jezebel, or Trump versus Hillary Clinton, it, the, the first lady will be defeated, and the warrior will be victorious. Now, interesting, I'm going to throw this in, I don't often throw this in, but we're, we're getting into detail, and of course this is more than I can ever touch is on the book, but I'm getting into more than I do in most interviews. What happens, if you remember what happens with Jezebel, it says when she sees Jehu coming, she puts on makeup, and she adorns her head. And then she comes to the window. Now, now a lot of people think, well, she's trying to seduce Jehu. Well, that's unlikely. She, first of all, she was a grandmother at the time, and so was Hillary Clinton. But what it, when it talks about what she's doing is she's, 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 she's making herself out to be the queen. And she, when it says she adorns her head, it's most likely she's putting on a crown. Right. I it's, deserve it's, to be the queen. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Entirely. And what she's doing is, what do you do when you put a crown on your head? You're planning a coronation. Well, all the, you look at all the articles about when it got, came down to election day, it said that Clinton is planning her own coronation. Right. And she planned what she planned? She planned the glass ceiling to come down and a great spectacle over New York City. There were going to be fireworks all over New York City. She planned a coronation. And you look at the articles, it says the Clinton, the Clinton camp goes from coronation to despair or to downfall. And what happens is 
Uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, actually, now, I'm going to share something with you that's not even in the book, but it's going to be in the, the, the book's already in reprint, and it's going to be in, like, maybe the next reprint, but it's, it's coming in. They may get it, but let me tell you what's going to, I didn't know this when I first wrote this. The amazing thing. During the convention that nominated Clinton, on the day of the nomination, right. a, a guy gets up, and he makes this speech to nominate, I mean, to celebrate her, and he, it's a weird speech. What he, the whole, the, if you want to solve the speech, the, the guy says, he, he, the theme of the speech of the speech are these words: They threw her down as as first lady, but but she wouldn't stay thrown down. They threw her down as senator, but she wouldn't stay thrown. They threw her down as secretary. They they threw her down in the cabinet. They he keeps saying they threw her down. They threw her down. They threw her down. Threw her down. If you take the words, this is it's prophetic that was said at said at the on the day of her nomination. You take or her or the, or the day when she she receives it. Take the words that he said in that speech. They threw her down. Plug it into the internet. People can go on the internet right now. Put put down. Threw her down in the internet. And where where the internet will take you, the search will take you of all the words in the world. It will take you to the Bible. It will take you to Second Kings. It will take you to the chapter that focuses on on Jezebel versus Jehu or Trump versus Clinton. Second Kings chapter nine verse thirty three. Throw her exact, down, Jehu said. The exact verse which is prophesying her downfall. I mean this is eerie on the day of the, the Democratic speech will take you to the exact verse that is the downfall of Hillary Clinton. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly syndicated radio program, The Conspiracy Show, and my other podcast, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, why not consider becoming a supporter? Go to patreon.com forward slash The Conspiracy Show and check out our three support tiers, The Truth Seeker, The Whistleblower, and The Star Chamber Levels. Donors can receive access to an exclusive monthly Google Hangout on air or a monthly live chat with me. You can also be eligible for a monthly draw and a chance to win some terrific merchandise. Patreon.com forward slash The Conspiracy Show. Your support is greatly appreciated. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again and what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Jonathan Kahn is here, the author of The Paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times. We were talking about Jehu. Jehu is facing uh, Queen Jezebel. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to ask you a little bit more about Jehu. What what was he on about in terms of was he talking about taking the Northern Kingdom back to the a, a better time when they were when they were praying to God and, and, and adhering to God's rules or what was Jehu? About? Yeah, what was well, Jehu was a fascinating person because Richard, if you you take it's amazing when you look at the ancient the commentaries about Jehu, you basically could just put in Donald Trump's name. I mean, because they, it's amazing what they say about him. Um, he was he said well, and we'll we'll get into another something that happens on the way, but he. He says, "Listen, you know, this is for this, this is for God." Now, now, as far as we know, he didn't live a godly life beforehand. Okay, but he is, he is, he is saying we're gonna, we got to get it, we got to get it back to God, and we don't. 
and, and the commentaries to this day cannot make up their mind if Jehu was was really knew God or didn't know God, but he was but he was used by God. You know that that he's a vessel that's used by God, and even though he seems unlikely, he's used of God. So he was he was ending Baal worship. Now now, and that's what he actually would do. Baal worship was a foreign import. So so you have Jehu being against foreign things. I mean, uh, you can fill in the blanks here, but 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 of course it's but of course it's you know it's also ungodly. So he's trying he's 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 literally ending the legacy of the house of Ahab, which is actually what Donald Trump did up to that point with that, you know the whole legacy of the Clinton years up through Obama. And so it is. You have a nationalistic you have a nationalistic part of it, but you also have a godly part of it. And God is basically using this guy. And the, the other thing interesting is it's revealed in the account of Jehu's rise that he actually uh, he was on the wrong side before this. He was he was working for Ahab. He he was there when Elijah prophesied judgment on Ahab in the vineyard. He was there, and so. In the reveals, he was on the wrong side of the culture, so Donald Trump was on the wrong side originally, and also it means that he was actually serving Ahab, and we know that Donald Trump was actually friends with the Clintons, and acquaintance with Clintons, and was for that, and because that Jehu was on that side, and he was champing, he was fighting for the kingdom of Baal, so he was, he would, that originally he was for child sacrifice, but now he turned against it, well, Donald Trump was originally pro-abortion, but now he turned totally the other way, just like Jehu did, he turned against it, and now he's actually used, despite himself, as being used by God. Uh, and one other thing, this is all remarkable, one other thing uh, many people may not be aware of, and, and Jehu said, I'm going to build a big, beautiful wall, and I'm going to make the Phoenicians pay for it. <laughs> I think that must be in the Septuagint version. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. All right. Uh, now, we, I want to talk, uh, just come back, just cycle back a little bit to Queen Jezebel and Hillary Clinton. How long was Queen Jezebel in power on the scene and how does that relate to Hillary Clinton's reign yeah well we'll do, I'll do it from from starting from Hillary Clinton she was she was on the national stage in, actually in parts 22 years with her husband, 1979 to 2001, that was First Lady of Arkansas and then of, of America. So that's a 22-year period with her husband. And then she goes on her own, as we know. Uh, she's eight years as a senator, four years as Secretary of State, so that's a 12-year period. Then she, re- she retires from public life for two years. And then there's nothing. She's not on the stage. But then she comes back on the stage, as we just happened, and she's there for two years, uh, basically, as running for president. So we, so you have 12 years plus two years, comes 14 years on her own on the national stage. So we got 22 years with her husband, and then we have 14 years on the national stage on her own. Well, what about Je- what does the Bible say about Jezebel? It's easy to put together. How long was Jezebel on the national stage with her husband? 22 years. How long was she on the stage alone after that? Fourteen years. The exact year. <laughs> Come, Come on. Yeah. For real. Oh, wow. In, in fact, in fact, I'll say, you know, the, I, we didn't get into this. The, the paradigm actually gives the time when all these things happen because when it gives the timing when Jehu has his rise when he comes head to head with the first lady when the first lady former first lady falls has her downfall when he triumphs all that takes place in the bible in the 12th year of king joram 
So now we already had the parameters. You guys have been following it. That Durham is Obama. So you take the the 12th year and you take 2004. At 12 years, it takes you to the year, pinpoints the year 2016. Right. 2016, therefore, is the year of the rise of the Warriors, the year of the, the showdown, the year of the fall of the First Lady, and the year of the triumph of the Warrior. It all happens, I mean, like, exactly. And, and, and Richard, when, yeah. when this started first coming to me, when I say when this, all the stuff about the numbers and the years, that well, I didn't even know that. I mean, that came after the thing about September 11th and the days that I didn't even know that. I was well into it, and that's when it came. So it was already there, and this is all came after. Uh, Jehu enlisted uh, the, the the help, I guess, in his campaign against the Ahab dynasty. It was kind of a holy man. Tell me about yes. about him. Yes. Well, on, oh, here's what happens. You know, the the uh, after he defeats the queen, and then there, and and by the way, that that all happens. The queen is defeated, and he and he is victorious in the nation's northeastern major city, which is you know Jezreel. There with America, they're both Hillary Clinton and, and Trump on the day of the election are in New York City, the northeastern city. After winning, he turns his attention to the capital city, so he's going to go to the capital city to take the throne. But on his way there, he meets a man who is, who is, as you said, he, in, in, a, in a paradigm, he's called the holy man, and his name is Jehonadab, kind of mysterious man, but, but he, he, he's, he, in every commentary, he is listed that he's called, he represents the religious conservatives of the land. And so here now, here's what happens. Jehu has a meeting with this guy representing the religious conservatives of the land, and he, and so Trump, on his way to power, he has meetings, and we all know this, he has special meetings with who? The religious conservatives, the evangelical Christians. Mm-hmm. And what does Jehu do? Jehu says, you can read the account, basically, in effect, he says, listen, I'm with you. And, you know, so Trump said, I'm with you guys. I'm with you. I'm going to fight for life. I'm going to fight for religious freedom. I'm with you. And then, and then Jehu says, are you, will you be with me? And so Trump says, will you be with me? And so what happens is, Jehonadab says, yes, I will be with you, because he looks at the alternative. The alternative is the house of Ahab, then Jezebel. He says, I will be with you, or the house of Ahab. So he joins it. So the two get it, he gets it to his chariot. So now in the chariot, you got the, the warrior, and you got the holy man. So you got Trump, and then who, on his way to the, to the capital city, who comes with them? Religious conservatives. If it was not for religious conservatives or evangelical Christians, he would not have been elected. They come in there, and actually during the inauguration, you have more people praying, more Born again people praying than any other president in history. I mean, it's a, you know, it's despite you know, it's, it's it goes against Trump's an enigma. Yet God still uses that. Right. And and the other thing is that literally, I mean, Jehu will. I mean, well, you know, literally Trump will actually partner with a one particular man who will be Mike Pence. And Mike Pence is a religious conservative, known as a holy man. Actually, people the press mocks him because he abstains from things. Well, Je- Jehonadab is known for someone who abstained from any form of evil. So you even have that so they ride together to the capital city and jehu won because he didn't he didn't ignore the flyover state of samaria uh, absolutely. That, absolutely. That, again, that's all in the Septuagint. What happened? And quoted by Richard. <laughs> what yeah. happened when Jehu took the throne? What did he well, do? Well, he heads to the capital city because he can't, he can't take the throne without getting there. And that's Samaria. He heads to the capital city, but the capital city, but he's got a, he's got a, he's got a, an agenda. Jehu's agenda as he heads to the capital city is, listen, is to drain the swamp. Oh. 
Literally. I mean, you could read what happens. He's oh, there oh, no. to drain the swamp. He goes there to drain the corruption, take out the, 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 the priests of Baal, take out all that stuff. And when he gets to the capital city, it's literally, it's like, it's, it's divided. I mean, it's a war zone. This is the place of Ahab. It's a place of, of Baal worship. And so literally, Washington, D.C. was a divide. It was like a war zone. And I was there. It was a war zone. And, and America is divided, just the way, just the way Israel was. And the thing, the people who are most against, would be most against Jehu, are the people who are engaged in child sacrifice. Well, well, who is that today? The abortion industry was literally doing everything they could to stop Trump. But also, if you read it, you read it, uh, Jehu was also in a war against witchcraft, because that was Baal worship. He literally uses the word witchcraft. He's in a war. So you got Jehu and you got the witches. Well, amazing, even this. And when Trump becomes president, what happens? After the, all across America and the world, the gathering, gatherings take place under the moon of witches, Witches are gathering, literally, to cast spells against Donald Trump. Right. I mean, that has never happened in the history of, of America, and yet that's in the paradigm. It was a war with Jehu and the witches. And when he gets to the capital city, there there's a temple of Baal that Ahab built, and Jehu destroys the temple of Baal. And now, temple of Baal linked to child sacrifice. What's the first thing Trump does when he becomes president? He issues executive orders to undo the orders of Obama, and also they were the orders of Clinton. Mexico City policy. Yeah, to protect, to, he does to protect uh, unborn children. He's trying to dismantle the abort, the state-supported abortion industry. Now, well, we got to pray because he's trying to do that still. But that's exactly what Jehu did. He he basically cut off all the state support of the priests of Baal. But literally, now here's an eerie thing: that they're actually. Could there actually exist a Temple of Baal? Well, there did. Ex- there has been a Temple of Baal. It goes back from ancient times. It existed for 2,000 years in the Middle East, stood for, it withstood everything. And then, but according to the paradigm, when the warrior rises, the Temple of Baal will fall to the ground. Well, after 2,000 years, the Temple of Baal in the Middle East fell to the ground. And it fell to the ground in the summer of 2015, which is the exact time when Trump began his rise to the presidency. Wow. Um, we, we're almost out of time. I just want to jump ahead to the, um, what, what does this paradigm, what does it tell us about the future? Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole there's, yeah, there's a whole chapter at the end about called the harbinger of things to come because the paradigm gives us clues and keys about the future and all, and also it gives it gives us really the way to to actually the paradigm contains a paradigm within the paradigm of the keys of for God's people how to live how to overcome how to prevail. Now there's too much to go into in the time we have, but I'll say say a few things. One is it contains warning too because because Jehu was a mixed figure. Um, so so there it, there was good and there was not good. But here's the thing. Here's the most important thing right now, and I, I can't get into the future. Actually, I'll I'll say this. It does it does intersect with the with the harbingers because Jehu is actually going to lead to the harbingers. So that's the, it's actually going to lead to to a time of judgment. But but here's the good news. Or here's a, what Jehu did is he created a window of time. He held back the apostasy. He defeated the the Baal worship and the house of Ahab. So what he did is he provided a window for the nation. Uh, he wasn't the answer, but he provided a window for the answer, which is revival. So Jehu. So that's exactly what Trump. That you want to understand Donald Trump? He was used as a vessel, despite himself, to create a window of time now where there's still religious freedom. He he stalled the the apostasy. So 
So there is time for revival. And the key right now is revival. And if there's revival, that's the only hope America has, the only hope Canada has, the only hope the West has, that there's revival. Without revival, this will descend. And with Jehu's time, we don't know if there was revival. And the long term is they descended to judgment. And that's where the harbingers kick in. So the chance we have is now. So we cannot waste it. And that, the last thing in the book, one of the last things in the book is called the Elijah paradigm. And that is the paradigm for God's people right now. That we are to follow, I can't go into detail, but we'll follow, yet there's the paradigm of how to overcome, how to prosper, and how to be the light that you are called to be. These can be the most exciting times, but we gotta follow God all the way. And, and are there clues, well, uh, how long did Jehu reign, do we know? Well, Jehu, Jehu reigned for, I think, I believe it's 28 years, but remember, this, this, what, what the reign, you know, no, no president reigns for any of those things, but it's how long were they on the national stage, or how long did their rise begin? So, there's still a lot of stuff to do. I'm, I have more, I have more mathematics to do. I haven't done it, and I'm sure people are going to find a lot more things in the paradigm, even than, than I have set out. Wow, what, what a remarkable, uh, work, Jonathan. Congratulations and thank you. Richard, it is always a joy, a truly a joy and an honor with you. Now, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'm going to fill you in on what's in store for the next installment of Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, this is Tony Merkel, host of The Confessionals, a blog talk radio podcast that brings you weekly interviews with eyewitness accounts of strange and unexplained events. From paranormal activity to UFO encounters to Bigfoot sightings, step into The Confessionals as we explore mysterious real-life stories. Check us out on your favorite podcast app or theconfessionalspodcast.com. Many thanks to Conspiracy Unlimited for having me on the air. I'll see you all on The Confessionals. Coming up next, explorer, healer, intuitive, Jerry Wills talks about his strange beginnings, his possible alien origin, and his unique gifts. Until next time, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. <laughs> <laughs>